Hi everybody, this is Ainsley McEachern with Gemini Training Systems. Welcome to my ongoing podcast, Life After Sports. Let's get started. All right, with me today, you guys, I have BJ Bedford, previous swimmer, and we are talking to her today as part of our ongoing podcast, uh, Life After Sports. Thanks for joining me today, BJ. No problem. Great to be here. All right. So BJ is an old friend of mine, and uh, she um, happened to be, you know, a competitor at a very high level. BJ, what sport were you involved in and at what level? So I was an Olympic gold medalist in Sydney in 2000 and swimming in uh, the 400 medley relay. I was sixth place overall in the Olympics in my 100 meter backstroke. So backstroke from the U.S. national team for about 12 years. Sweet. So when did you get? How did you get into swimming? Um, I have three older brothers who I know you know. Um, they all swam, and so my mom got tired of chasing me up and down the bleachers, and ultimately threw me in the pool. And uh, then I just I, I kept going with it. All right. And so how old were you at that age when you started? I was five. Five. So you've been at it for, for quite a while. Yeah, I swam competitively for 23 years total. I went to the Olympics after 22 years. Wow. Swimming, yeah. Wow. So you hear that, folks? It takes 20 years to get to the Olympics. <laughs> if you had told me that when I was five, I probably would have quit. I know, right? Right. All right. So... Near the end of your swimming career, did you ever think about, you know, your life after swimming? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I thought about it, and then, you know, you try to actually put it out of your out of your head because you can't get too wrapped up in what the future may hold when you're trying to compete at the highest levels because you've really got to be very present. Um, I did get a college degree, and then... Um, you know, I was really hoping that I could translate my athletic success into something, uh, it, in a, into a career. I wasn't sure what that would look like. I kind of had some ideas um, and, and had networked pretty effectively because that's kind of my personality anyway. But, yeah, I, I thought about it, but I wasn't really – I didn't have any concrete plans. All right. So when you ultimately stopped, did you uh, choose to make uh, – or to stop, or was it sort of forced on you? So, you know, I've spoken to a few athletes where they might have had injuries or uh, the team dropped them. Um, and then other a- athletes, they had a planned exit. How, how was it for you? So it was kind of a combination. Um, I had a contract with Nike through 2000. And then uh, my, my contract ran out. So in that way, it was not planned. I mean, I was hoping, you know, to set world records at the Olympics and then give Nike a reason to renew for another four years. But at the same time, you know, at 27, at that time, I was kind of at the, at the higher end of, uh, of the, the sports career. So Nike's, Nike did not renew my contract. And, you know, I mean, I could have kept going, but, uh, you know, I just took a, a good hard look at, you know, you know what do I want to do this for? Do I want to wait another four years and be 31? at the next Olympics when I'd already kind of felt like a little uneasy to put off uh, 
beginning of my life, you know what I mean? Like getting out into the working world, starting to earn money that wasn't once every four years, um, things like that. And I was actually making a lot, and my contract was $40,000. Very nice. Which big, but then I had to pay taxes on it, like no taxes were taken out. So it was big, but it wasn't big. Right, right. It was big for the sport at that time. Okay. Okay, so let's look at day one after you officially make the decision to stop swimming and you wake up in the morning. What did that feel like? So I, um, I, I made the decision to stop, but then I had, um, I, had a, I, I kind of detrained, right? So I swam and, and I decided that my last competition was going to be a World Cup. So USA Swimming, my world ranking was high enough. USA Swimming sent me to two World Cups, one in Stockholm, one in Paris. So Paris is my favorite city in the world, and I um, I decided that I was going to have that be my last uh, last swim meet. So I actually competed. I, I, I did really well, and I won a bunch of prize money. And so I just kind of pocketed that, and then I stayed in Paris for, for about a week and a half, I think. And Roxana Marciano, who was the... Uh, she was a 200 backstroke, I think, bronze medalist. She lived in Paris, but she was actually going to the south of France, so she let me have her apartment for the week. Wow. Yeah, I know. Got luck, huh? Yeah, so I kind of um, coordinated that with her, and she just, yeah, she's like, I'm moving out of it, but it's going to be empty, so why don't you just stay there? So I slept on the floor in the Paris apartment for a week, week and a half, and it was awesome. Um, and I, I, with yourself now? I work in software sales. So um, I go out, I'm actually working in a company called Logarithm. They uh, sell cybersecurity, really security intelligence. And uh, I cover Southern California and Hawaii. And I do that for medium and small, medium enterprises, anything up to $350 million in revenue. So I, uh, I keep myself quite busy with that. But for the most part, I Every couple of two, three years, I kind of seem to change careers looking for another challenge. So I'd say I'm definitely a sucker for the for the challenge and that big, big hill that you've got to climb over. Sure. Instead of it being physical, it started to be a mental challenge that I've been seeking out. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about that. You know, when you have these career changes and... Uh, you know, when you were a swimmer, essentially you have a PhD in swimming, right? You know, everything there is yeah. to know. You're the most competent that you could possibly be. And when you started some of these, you know, your new jobs and moving from business to business, how has that, you know, been for you? I know when I left cycling, there was a little bit of, gosh, I sometimes feel like I don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then there was, um, every now and again, I'd be like, God, this is so mundane. Is this how people really live? 
Um, but how did, how does, how has that felt for you? So, um, I, I agree with all of the, the things that you brought up there it, with the exception of the mon- mundanity of it, because I feel like I, I put myself into things that are really, really mentally challenging. So it, it and what ends up happening is every time I go to a new job, I feel like the dumbest person at work for at least six months. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I wander around being like the person who doesn't really know anything, but kind of stumbles in, into all the buzz saws and learns that way. Because uh, I'm not so great at like doing all the reading. <laughs> I'm really an experiential learner. So I just kind of go and try to figure stuff out uh, and work with people who've done it before and watch them and learn that way. Um, but absolutely, I've got a PhD in swimming, and I, I feel like I can always, always fall back on that. So it gives me the space to take a risk. So I feel like I can always go, and I can always be a coach. I feel like I could coach in college. I feel like I could coach at the national team level. Um, because I, I feel like the person that I am, I think about sports, I think about swimming in particular, in a different way than most people do. And I try articulate it in a way that people can kind of get. So I feel like that's something I've got in my back pocket. So that allows me to take risks and try to put myself in a position to do something that I don't know how to do because I can always be a coach. Um, It may not be uh, as challenging mentally. Maybe it will be. I don't know. I've never really thrown my heart and soul into coaching, but I, I love I mean, I have an art history degree. There's not a technical <laughs> thing that I've ever put myself in to go. I've never taken a class aside from, from work. Uh-huh. So I've learned all of that from experience and just walking into walls. Okay. Okay. So these transitions, you would describe them as hard or easy? And what's your opinion on, you know... Um, like I have a client, or a client, uh, I spoke with Alex Hagman, ex-pro cyclist, the other day, and he's doing real estate now, and he just stepped out of cycling. And he's like, holy cow, similar to you, holy cow, this is really different. And he says the same thing. There are days where he's at the office going, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so for you, was that transition hard or easy? Well, first of all, I feel like if you're not saying, oh, my God, what did I get myself into, you're not doing it right. I mean, you've got to... You've got to put yourself out there on the train track. And sometimes the train is going to come and flatten you. But no matter what happens, you're going to end up end up somewhere different, somewhere interesting, somewhere fun that you haven't been before. And that is the name of the game. I mean, we, we need to experience new things to keep growing and keep changing. I would say I get really excited about the new thing before it happens. And then the reality of it sets in and I'm dumb for a really long time. <laughs> and then I feel like I'm, I get really good at it and I start to really succeed because that's the athlete in me. That's the athlete in you. It's the athlete in, in the, the gentleman you talk to is in real estate. We crave those challenges and we are used to performing at a very high level, which makes it makes the transition hard because you've got to go to zero. Right. But, but what I've learned is the process from zero to 100 is so incredibly rewarding when you get to about 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 to 90, when you, when you know you started off just being so, so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I have said often about, you know, working as a cycling coach and a personal trainer, sometimes I'm like, hey, it, it's like I actually know what I'm doing now, you know, and 
and I'm like, okay, I've achieved a level of proficiency at this. Um, so I think I understand what you're saying with that. But then you got to change it, right? Right. So you've got to, as soon as you get to that level of efficiency, take something out. Like, okay, do it standing on one leg. Right? That's how we get better. Yeah. You know, in swimming, it was, you get really good at balance. And then we had a guy named Bill Boomer who used to come into the Olympic Training Center and do different kind of drills with us where he would actually put kickboards underneath you to make you float. Right. Which pushes you out of your comfort zone. Then you've got to figure out how do I rebalance in this new zone? Which makes you way better in the other zone, which was easier, you know? Yeah, and I I like that. And I think, you know, with cyclists, I do that a little bit also. And then, gosh, at work, I feel like uh, it's constantly evolving. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I think that's an admirable quality. So, you're uh, you're a mom now. How many kids do you have? I've got two kids. They are 8 years old and 10 years old. Bronson is my son. He's 8. And Arden is 10. All right. Have they expressed any interest in swimming? So Arden loves swimming. Um, Bronson likes swimming summer club. They don't really like swimming year-round. Bronson got my husband's uh, hand-eye coordination, so he likes to do other sports, and Arden walks into stuff, so she is the swimmer. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, BJ, tell me, what's next for BJ Bedford, or BJ Miller, I should say? Yeah. Well, right now I'm in the process. I started my new job at at Logarithm about uh, in December so I'm five months in so I'm just kind of getting the hang of the things that I'm selling and uh, I, I was telling my boss the other day like I feel like I'm at that point where I know enough that I want to tell you every single thing that I learn or that I know and I don't know enough to shut up <laughs> <laughs> so I think for for now I'm, I'm probably here for another year or two and, and uh, my boss and I've created a really good career path and I think that uh, I'm going to continue to evolve in this company. It's got a great culture. It's a really cool, really good group. So I'm hoping to, to make this one a longer longer stretch and see if I can, um, you know, stretch out my um, capabilities and, and learn some new things along the way. All right. I like it. Well, BJ, thanks very much for taking the time to talk with me today. Again, folks, with me have B.J. Miller. She's a former Olympic swimmer and now career woman extraordinaire and an old friend of mine. And again, this is part of my ongoing podcast, Life After Sports.